It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers, like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Our crossover Thursday Coming in hot, Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. It seems like we just talked to him, and part of the reason is because we did. That was just a few weeks ago. The Packers and Bears connected at Lambeau Field. Of course, the Packers won that game in impressive fashion. The fourth quarter gave up some garbage time yards, and, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff with Lauren coming up. But before we do that, we have some breaking news. Snacks Harrison, Damon Harrison, was claimed by the Green Bay Packers on waivers, and it was a somewhat anxious hour or two after that happened because Harrison had gone on Twitter the day before and said, I'm not going through waivers. I'm not going to be claimed. I want to go where I want to go. And he was hoping to to make it through waivers and then get to decide because that's how it works. If no one claims you, then you know you and a team can work out a contract. It turned out that Green Bay was one of the teams that he would have wanted to go to. Green Bay had shown heavy interest all offseason and had been reported by Ross Uglum over at Packer Report that the Packers had made the best offer to him uh, to sign a contract. He declined. He didn't want to play in the cold and ended up going to Seattle. Uh, He asked for his release because he wanted to play. And now he's going to get, at least it seems, a chance to do that. Now, no one should expect Damon Harrison to come in and be the guy a couple years ago who put up a million tackles and was a force. It's just not who he is anymore, but he is still a big body in the middle, a smart guy, someone who can move Kenny Clark off the nose. If they want to put two guys in there, they want to go to some smaller fronts and be able to stop the run on early downs. He's not a pass rusher, and that's okay because Green Bay has a bunch of them, but as a run defender, he's still really good. And in his, you know, 100 plus snaps with the Seahawks was a good run defender. 
He can be a good run defender for this team. He can spell Kenny Clark as as a true nose. He can play some three technique. He can do a little bit of everything for you and doesn't have to play a ton. I mean, if he plays 15, 20 snaps a game, that is terrific. He can be an upgrade over your Tyler Lancasters and even someone like Dean Lowry because what you can do is you can play Harrison at the nose or you know some of those shade techniques inside and then slide Kenny Clark out. And all of a sudden, you got Clark matched up on a guard, you've got one of the Smiths or Rashawn Gary on the edge, and you've created a pretty big problem for opposing offensive lines. And this is important for a couple reasons. When you face a team like the Titans, you can just throw bodies out there because they're going to want to play in base. And Green Bay was able to throw a lot of fronts at Tennessee. They were able to play big with multiple linebackers on the field with all those defensive linemen on the field, three true defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, at least one off-ball linebacker, and often two. You can play that way against the Titans who want to play with two tight ends or who want to play with a fullback. Not every team wants to do that. The Bears don't want to do that. But you still want to be able to stop the run in those situations. Even though Harrison isn't going to be ready for Sunday, you are still going to face teams in the playoffs like the Bears who want to play in 11 personnel and you still want to be able to stop the run. And if Green Bay wants to be in their optimal personnel groupings, they're probably going to have to play a little bit smaller. And so against a team like Chicago, Let's say they face the Bears in a hypothetical playoff game that that the Bears lose on Sunday, but the Cardinals also lose and Chicago gets in. On early downs, and it was something that I thought we'd see the Titans do more, you're going to want to pass the ball. And the Titans did go to more of those three receiver sets to try and get the Packers out of their base looks, to try and create more advantageous opportunities to run the ball and try and take advantage of the quick game and, and all that stuff. And the Bears are going to do the same thing. Well, if you don't want to play, if you want to get your fast guys on the field and you don't want to play that three true defensive lineman front against 11 personnel, and you probably don't against a team like the Bears, you probably don't have to, that offensive line isn't very good. So what you can do is you can do what the Packers do a lot, and that's just play two true defensive linemen. In this case, it can be Kenny Clark and Snacks and your two outside guys. And then you can you can do whatever you want with the rest of that front. You can play two linebackers. The Packers have gone to more traditional nickel with Raven Green out. They could go to their big nickel with Vernon Scott. I think we'll see that a lot this week. Because against a team like the Bears, you want to play single high safety. They're not going to throw the ball down the field. And if they do, Mitch Trubisky has no ability to make those, those shot throws down the field. I mean, he had a number of opportunities against the Jaguars. And the only one he hit was a red zone throw to Jimmy Graham where the defender fell down and Jimmy Graham was wide open. And he still had to leap and, and dive to make the play. Mitch Trubisky is just not going to consistently make throws down the field. So you can play single high. You can play Savage in that robber role. You can put Vernon Scott deep. You can put Adrian Amos in the box. He can play uh, you know, that, that de facto linebacker spot. You can have him cover Cole Komet. You can have him cover Jimmy Graham. You can have Darnell Savage do the same. Those guys are interchangeable in, in that way. And that is how you want to defend this Bears team. Well, if you have another interior defensive lineman who can stop the run, 
that becomes much easier to do. And it makes you less reliant on down and distance to make those decisions because Mike Patton has for a lot of his tenure in Green Bay been a little bit too predictable by down and distance on first down he's going to play heavy personnel and in 2018 he was so predictable in that teams started going play action and just straight dropbacks on first down and killing the Packers killing the Packers in the past game because their linebackers couldn't run couldn't cover couldn't play. The safeties were terrible. Think of how far the safety play has come from 2018 to right now. It is incomparable. It is inconceivable (laughs) that this team was that bad at that position in 2018, and yet they were. So when you are able to then have the personnel on the field, think of how effective Blake Martinez was when he had Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels in front of him. Now, Snacks is not the the pass rusher Mike Daniels is. And, you know, Mike Daniels in 2016 or 2017, probably a a better player than what you're going to get out of Snacks now. At the same time, his ability to eat up blocks makes it easier for someone like Chris Barnes or Kamel Martin or Christian Kirksey to come downhill and make plays. And that has been much improved over the last month, month month or two, really where the run fits have been better, the gap discipline has been better, Green Bay has played more fronts, where they're covering up gaps, they're shooting fewer gaps, less often are they trying to just penetrate into the backfield, and and more often they're trying to control their gaps and, and make their plays. Now, they are still trying to win, and you're still trying to, get, you know, winning means getting into the backfield, but they're not sacrificing gap integrity as often, it seems to me, to do that. And someone like Snacks, can make life easier for those alley defenders, for those linebackers to come up and make plays. And he's really adept at getting in the passing lanes. He can be disruptive even if they go to a first down pass. You know, you put him in the game, it's it's nickel, and you've got, you know, Harrison and Clark up there, and they go to a play action pass. Well, Harrison can push the pocket. We know that, but he's not going to be, you know, some shifty, slithery Warren Sapp pass rusher, but he can get his hands into passing lanes. He's smart. He sniffs out screens well, and he he plays, he plays with heart. I mean, this is the guy who at the end of his tenure with the Lions last year, at the end of the season, he's crying at his locker because he didn't have the kind of season that he knows he's capable of. It means something to him. I can I can ride with guys who give a shit. And Snacks is one of those guys. It matters to him a lot. And he's going to come into a locker room that also gives a shit. He's going to come into a locker room that is ready to go fight for the ultimate prize. A a uh, an endeavor that he is not too familiar with in his career. He has played on a lot of bad football teams. And I'm sure he wants to win it, win a ring. I'm sure he wants to, he would love to probably win a title and go out on top. He has the opportunity now, even though I think he's a better player now and a better player uh, in his past than someone like Howard Green. But he has the chance to earn cult hero status in Green Bay now. If he helps Green Bay win a Super Bowl, he will be revered in Green Bay because everyone wanted him in the offseason. We talked about it on this show a ton. Um, and, you know, it became clear that 
you know, the, the mutual interest was not there in the same way Green Bay wanted him. And finally, it became his only option. And now he's going to, you know, be happy, I guess, that, that he's here. Uh, the reporting is that he's going to come to camp and and it's not camp anymore, but he's going to come to Green Bay and, and play and, and try and help this team win a title. And that's what you want, because if he's there, if he's if he's showing up every day, then he's going to he's going to give his best. He's going to give his all. He's going to play hard and he's going to try and help this defense get just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. He doesn't have to be a field tilter. Just give them some good rotational defensive line stabs. Help them stop the run on early downs. And he will be more than worth this with basically a flyer. I mean, it's a waiver claim. So, you know, it's not going to cost much at all. And he really can come in and, and give them meaningful snaps in the playoffs. Before we get to Lauren, let's talk about our friends at Bet online it's almost playoff time and there is no better time to get in on the gambling action than the nfl playoffs and there's only one place that has you covered and we trust it's betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus they've got games of the week college football Sports all over the place, golf, soccer, everything. And, and if you want to come up with a prop bet, they'll they'll give you odds and make a line for you. Whatever you need, they can figure it out for you. If you want to gamble on it, they'll give you odds for it, basically. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means they will match your first deposit up to 50%. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats. You can pick from main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. And betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, Locked on Packers, Locked on Bears. Here with Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears. And Lauren, uh, we opened the show talking about the, the potential difference in approach or or lack of difference in approach that Green Bay may take defensively here. Uh, Matt Nagy no longer calling the plays. It's now Bill Lazor. They've moved to something that they've seen in practice every day. It's more of this sort of Shanahan style of play action and play with your your big personnel and try and throw and, and try and give Mitch Trubisky some, some easier reads here. 
How do you think the Packers should they should they deviate from the plan that they had in in the first matchup, which was basically, hey, Mitch, we don't think you can make accurate throws. And so we're going to treat um, the, the game like that. I think there's there's some merit to that. Right. This is not a Bears offense that. It takes a lot of shots downfield. It's been a lot of low average depth of target and the easy underneath reads and challenging the defense to kind of step up and make those tackles. The Bears have done a pretty good job of creating yards after catch and even just, you know, scheming guys particularly wide open. So they don't have to like force missed tackles to pick up significant yards after the catch. I think against Jacksonville last week, we started to see Trubisky get a little bit more confident and a little bit more comfortable in terms of attempting more of the intermediate, you know, not taking the the lowest check down on the rollout, you know, the, the tight end in the flat there, but kind of hitting that that second guy down there. He's not taking the 30 the yard deep shot down the sideline necessarily, but being a little bit more aggressive and, and knowing when he can and can't try that slightly deeper opportunity. The, the problem is we saw him throw a, a pretty bad interception in the end zone when he tried to extend the play with his legs and toss it up there for Allen Robinson, but poor decision and, and probably a worse throw in terms of the ball placement. And the, the really, I think the more egregious throw was a, a deep crossing route against cover one where he, for some reason, he didn't see the deep safety who was obviously there the whole time, and it may have been a dropped pick six. So there's still some concerns about him trying to do too much. And I would certainly think if I'm the Packers, I might dare him to try and do too much, dare him to be the hero and make some of those plays. But I also think mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to completely just make it easy for them to complete those underneath ones because they will dink and dunk you and, and mix in some running game and, and move the ball pretty successfully between the 20s. I want to I want to ask about the running game because um, not because of my Twitter mentions, um, but because uh, David Montgomery has looked better the last few weeks. And at least to my eyes, um, a big reason for that is the offensive line has played better. I mean, there was uh, an incredible play a few weeks ago where the guard put his man in the ground and David Montgomery basically followed him to the end zone. He had an escort. It looked like a snowplow. It was really remarkable. So what has been the biggest reason for this turnaround in the, in the run game with David Montgomery over the last month, month and a half? Yeah. So it's interesting because it was the first game against the Packers, you know, right after the bears bye week in week 12, where they switched to what is currently the offensive line combination. And it's been that combination ever since. And when they first made that switch, I mean, Jermaine Effetti bumped out to right tackle. They flipped their left guard to right guard and flipped their center to left guard. I mean, they rearranged basically four guys kind of at the last minute out of the bye week. And there was some adjusting that had to go on in terms of guys getting used to each other and and making those sort of building that cohesion a little bit. But since then, it's been by far the best offensive line combination they've had, both in terms of pass protection and the running game. And we've just seen Montgomery be really good at working in open space. You know, once he gets through to the second level, he takes great angles. He can he can change direction without slowing down much. And he just seems to have a really natural feel for how to maximize those yards once he's actually given some space to break through. Because for so much of this season, He's been met at the line of scrimmage by guys, and he can kind of make somebody miss in a tight window like that, but he's not the kind of running back that can power through and and take a one-yard run into a three- or four-yard run. It's it's much more about explosiveness and agility and being able to kind of, you know, remain shifty and elusive working downfield. So I think that the difference has been purely that extra space that he's getting and and also the Bears just sticking with it. And I mentioned before that against the Packers last time, it was a 57-yard run, and then they 
kind of got away from it in part because they fell down on the scoreboard. We've seen similar things happen even since then, like against the Lions the following week. They've since then, Matt Nagy has gotten much more, and Bill Lazor, and I, I guess now the play caller, has gotten much more good at sticking with it. Sometimes in the third quarter, they still forget who David Montgomery is and they'll randomly go to Ryan Nall or Cordell <laughs> Patterson. But for the most part, he's getting the he's getting the reps, he's getting the opportunities, and he's getting the, the space for the offensive line to help spring him free for the much more significant runs. Yeah, Matt Nagy loves Cordero Patterson the same way Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill, and I, I will not pretend to understand oh, it. And Patterson has been hurt the last two or three games to where the Bears are only using him on kickoff returns and stopped using him on offense because he's not 100%. Something to keep an eye on because his special teams ability is all time great. I mean, he and and he can still do what we saw it earlier this season. That's that's going to be a key here, I think, for the Packers to make sure that they do not give up a long kick return, because I think that's going to be one of the ways that that Chicago can can pull off the upset is you got to get probably a turnover or two and you, you got to get a special teams play. He, of course, is the guy most capable of doing that. We mentioned Mitch Trubisky and, and what they've been able to do there. They've been scoring 30 plus the last few weeks. What have they done that, that you've seen specifically differently? Um, you know, I've noticed a, a somewhat philosophical change, but what are you what are you seeing in terms of what they're doing to make life easier for Mitch? Yeah. So you mentioned some of it in terms of the, the Shanahan system, but it's been a, a lot more of run pass options and a lot of those kind of quick slants to Allen Robinson. It's been still simple reads for Trubisky, but more, you know, middle of the field based as opposed to, you know, just reading the slant flat or the, or the curl flat to one sideline. Like, yes, when he's rolling out, he, he gets down to a half field read and that certainly makes things easier as well. But even in sort of the standard drop back offense, he's been able to see the whole field a little bit better, even though he's not necessarily going through a full four receiver progression. It's a little bit less than just, or it's a little bit more than just, one route here or check down. Like there's been uh, a little bit more of a deeper understanding of what the offense is trying to do there. Plus you add in his legs and scrambling and feeling like there's just a certain level of confidence with him that hasn't been there up to this point in the season. So yeah, a, a lot of that play action turning his back to the defense and then kind of sucking in some of those linebackers and hitting the space behind them. The rollouts creating a lot of that space back over the middle of the field and underneath when those linebackers kind of suck up to the line of scrimmage again there's a lot of people are recovering to try and get to the sideline where Trubisky's rolling and it, it makes it makes the read easier because you don't have defenders moving in two directions everybody's working toward that sideline essentially and you're not you don't have to be worried about someone kind of coming out of nowhere from the opposite side to, to step in front of a pass like he can he's, he's always been good against man coverage and being a see it throw it quarterback and I think those rollouts can make some of those zone concepts a little bit easier to not have to guess and, and hope sometimes that there's not an extra defender there. Yeah, unfortunately for him, the Packers are well-versed in those rollouts. They defend Kirk Cousins and, and that rollout scheme as well as any team in football. Last time you were on, which wasn't that long ago, weirdly, um, the the conversation that we had to end the the podcast was about the future of the organization, the future of Mitch Trubisky and and Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy, and and it does seem like you know maybe the narrative has shifted a little bit. There are now pieces coming out. Oh, they should sign Mitch Trubisky. They should you know roll with this moving forward. They've they've proved all of this stuff. I wrote a piece for Packer Report yesterday. Basically saying if the Packers do the same thing in this game that they did in the last game, it could be the end of this era of Bears football because 
it would be hard to to reconcile the gap between these two teams. Where do you think? First of all, do you think that's right? And and where do you see the the standing of those three key guys in the organization uh, moving forward? At this point, it feels all but certain that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to come back. That you know they are officially an eight win team, could be a nine win team, and could make the playoffs regardless of if they beat the Packers. If the the Cardinals lose on Sunday to the to the Forty uh, ers that or to the Rams, excuse me, Cardinals Rams. If the Cardinals lose, then the Bears are in regardless of what happens against Green Bay. So right. th- there's a feeling like this is a playoff team regardless. The of Wolford wagon. Oh, am I? The the Wolford wagon, John Wolford. Oh, <laughs> starting for the Rams. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a, a stressful week in terms of what are the Cardinals going to do at quarterback? What are the Rams going to do at quarterback? That game is going to be a mess. But I, I think <laughs> you know it doesn't it doesn't it shouldn't change how they feel about Mitch Trubisky because it very clearly six months ago, or I guess yeah, five or seven or eight months ago, you know they declined Mitch Trubisky's option. They traded for Nick Foles. They gave Nick Foles a contract that's guaranteed through next season. So like he has to come back unless they just eat a like seven or eight million dollar cap hit to release him. And you can see where maybe they envisioned, all right, Foles comes back with a rookie quarterback and can kind of start week one and mentor him until the next rookie quarterback is ready to go and you move on from Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, the only way they could bring Mitch back is on like a cheap one year kind of veteran deal. And I I don't know exactly what the market is going to be for him. It doesn't feel like any team should be lined up to give him a you know, a lucrative multi-year contract extension. Like maybe the Marcus Mariota contract, which technically was two years and had seven and a half million guaranteed. But I don't think the Bears should spend that kind of money to go with Nick Foles that they already are having to pay for next season. But I I do think sort of regardless, it is going to be naggy and pace. And I think the playoffs will determine a little bit more of Mitch Trubisky's future just because the sample size so far has been so small. Yeah, and let me tell you, every Packer fan out there is rooting for them to give him whatever extension they want and to install him as the starter in 2021. I know I know that for sure. Uh, how do you see this, this game playing out, and do you think it will be any different from what we saw in the first matchup? I think it will be closer, and maybe there's an asterisk on that because you know it's still early, and the Bears' injury report has one of their starting cornerbacks, their starting slot cornerback, and then also Akeem Hicks not practicing to start the week. To be determined whether or not any of them can go, but like Jalen Johnson has missed the last two games, as has Buster Screen, and so if they have to start their rookie fifth-round pick and their second-year sixth-round pick again at outside cornerback and in the slot, I definitely have some very real concerns about them slowing down Devontae Adams and this Packers offense in general. But if the Bears' defense is a little bit closer to healthy, I that alleviates some of my concerns about them. Although to be honest with you, I'm more concerned about the Bears' defense in this matchup than the Bears' offense. I think we kind of know what the Bears' offense is and isn't at this point. And this defense has just kind of randomly looked more vulnerable for separate spurts of the last four out of the last five games or so, including that Green Bay game. So we're not really sure what Bears' defense we're going to get in this one, and and that's that's what makes it a little bit hard to predict. But I still think the, Pack- the Packers and Bears won't won't be a complete blowout, but, uh, but maybe it's, uh, you know, a healthy one score or a little bit more type deficit. Yeah, I understand that, um, especially the the cornerbacks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Buster screens on the injury report just after what the Packers did to him in the first matchup. The, the game plan was throw at that guy whenever we can get get the chance. Um, and, and especially Jalen Johnson, as you said, if, if those guys can't go, I mean, it feels like the kind of game that the Packers are going to be able to get to 40 again because 
you know, they, they did the first time and the, this defense was healthier. You have to sort of believe in the rivalry, right? To think this is going to be close. And I, and I, I do, I do believe in the rivalry and this is a must win game. This could be a, let's save our season game for the bears. It's at home. So yeah, I think it's a touchdown, maybe 10, like something like 23 to 31 or something like that. Uh, but I, I do think the Packers ultimately win here and God, I, the bears might make the playoffs anyway. Yeah, eight and eight in the postseason. I guess that's considered a success for ownership and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace this year. Before we finish up, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bar. They've gotten new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, all kinds of delicious stuff. And the thing about these bars, and and I've said it a hundred times, they really are the best tasting protein bars that I personally have ever tried. And I have tried a lot of these things from you know growing up playing sports to outdoor activities and you take them on a hike or a run or whatever it is. And, and most of them are total garbage. These are the goods a hundred percent covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and yet low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. These things taste like candy and they're legitimately good for you. It is, I don't know what the, what magic they, they discovered to be able to do this, but it is legit and they are delicious. Go to BillPar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on at to get 20% off at BillPar.com. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right thanks to lauren again for doing the crossover always great to talk to him one of the few uh bears adjacent people on the internet who doesn't um say mean things to me, <laughs> but, uh, I can take it. And I think the Packers are going to win on Sunday. So, uh, jokes on them. I think the Packers win something like 34 to 20, especially because it doesn't sound like Jalen Johnson's going to play. Uh, we don't know what the deal is with Buster screen. And I just don't think they're going to be able to cover the Packers receivers. They couldn't do it the first time. They're not going to be able to do it this time. And, and a better offense. Eh, I don't know how much better it is. I think Mike Patton is going to have a plan for it. I think we've seen what this team can be lately when they allow Darnell Savage to play that middle of the field and just say, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, you guys take care of business on the outside. This defense can be really good because of the way they can rush the passer and all the things that they can do. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.